Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I would always say the things that were on my mind, but it was almost more of a whisper. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hello, my name is Stephanie Rapisarda. I am the very proud owner of a third generation company called Conserve Through Control, or CTC for short. We specialize in providing turnkey BMS solutions for commercial, industrial, and educational facilities. I've been a part of the Women in Tech Group for about a month now, so I'm brand new, but I'm really excited to dive in and get to know the women that use the group and listen to the podcast and really make some good connections with some other techie women. The group so far has really been kind of like transforming for me, almost a little emotional. I'm not in a field where there are women. I'm in tech because I do all of the coding for our building management systems, but I'm also in construction. So I'm going to these construction sites and I'm programming on site. So it's almost like a double whammy of not only being a woman in tech, um, but I'm also a woman in construction. So to be a part of this community, these women are building each other up and we're empowering each other and we're learning from each other. It makes me very proud to be who I am and to be doing what I'm doing. So find me on Instagram. My handle is at Steph.Rappo. That's S-T-E-P-H period R-A-P-O. I'd love to chat with you and nerd it up with you. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. This weekend, I got to meditate with a Buddhist monk based in Japan. It was amazing. It was an Airbnb online experience. And it made me feel like just a tiny glimpse that I was traveling again. But the biggest takeaway, it was really cool. We chanted, which was unusual. At first, I felt like a ton of resistance, like just no patience. And then I, I fell into the process. But the biggest takeaway was at the end, the monk said, for every one breath we have, we have three thoughts. And that 90% of our thoughts are either about the past and regret or the future and angst or anxiety. And I wondered, wow, that's a lot of thoughts going in a direction that 
really doesn't do anything for me. It's predicting the future or having no control over the past, right? You can't change the past. And so I wondered what would happen if I just did my best to just stay in the present? Is it even possible? And I'm sure that's, you know, everybody that's super gung-ho on meditation probably is like cheering, of course it's possible. But anyway, for me, where I am in my journey, it feels so far away. I'm always thinking about the past and the future. And I'd love to see a reality where the majority of my thoughts are in the present. The My favorite part is his joyous laughter. I noticed that whenever I see a, a, a monk, they're always just laughing with such innocent joy. And um, maybe that has a lot to do with it. Anyway, enjoy the next episode. to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So exciting to have one of my favorite, most innovative female founder friends on the podcast today. I cannot wait to support and celebrate her in creating something that I've been a part of, Yoni Circle. It is a game changer. I'd love to welcome Chloe. Hello. Hi. I love that intro so much. (laughs) I'm so happy right now. I'm like so ready to go. That just made my night. Chloe, before we kick things off, let's start out. Why don't you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Cool. Yeah. I am the founder and CEO of Yoni Circle. And Yoni Circle is an in-person and online community that brings women together through storytelling. And it's it's all about connecting to ourselves and others through storytelling. You came from a tech background. You were working mm-hmm. at Snapchat for a number of years. Um, and I'm really excited to dig into your story about how you discovered the world of tech. And But before that, let's give everybody context. What is the Yoni Circle app? I just launched recently. Yoni Circle has been around for, for a while. Not too long, but a while. And I have had the privilege of being part of a physical Yoni Circle. So this is quite exciting for me. Um, tell us about the Yoni Circle app, which I've also now been in and it blows my mind. Yes. So we, yeah, we launched two weeks ago, very soft launch. Still, you know, early access working through a few bugs, but basically we're really looking to build a new kind of social app. And what exists today is the ability for women to join a live virtual storytelling circle. And that that's weird. No one knows what that is. So I'm going to try to walk through it really quickly. So Please do. I definitely <laughs> have a hard time describing it. So the huge part of our app is each of these circles are run by a host who we call a salonier. A salonier starts as a community member, and then she applies to be a salonier, is trained by us, and then she becomes an amazing salonier and gets to lead these circles. And so the circle is capped at six women. It begins with a five minute of chat based, a group chat. This is just allowing you to get more acquainted with these strangers. And then we go into video circle. The rules of Yoni circle are to listen and speak from the heart, only speak when you have the talking piece, um, take the stories with you, leave the names behind and speak succinctly. Um, So there's the important is that we're creating a container um, for these stories, for vulnerability um, within self and others. 
So it starts with an intro round and women say their name, where they live, what they do for work and or what they're passionate about, and then what's on their mind or in their heart. That just gets us, again, one more dose closer of connecting. And then we tell stories. And that's when it gets uh, a lot more fun. Um, so the Solani Air will bring you through a breathing exercise to really just calm your mind, get you in the ability to find your own memories, and then she'll give you a storytelling prompt. I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but the storytelling prompt is something that I worked very hard uh, on trying to figure out the best way to really pry at people's memories. The whole kind of philosophy behind it and, and what we teach the Slaniers, it's all pulling from some great tips from my amazing creative writing teachers through the years and some of the kind of amazing ways they they helped me to open up to find my memoir essays and stuff. So that's what the Slaniers do. And then we, it's all stories around, around a prompt. Um, and then we end in a witness round. And really what these story circles are doing is it's broadening our perspectives, building empathy and helping us realize that we're not alone. The human experience is shared. I love it. And when did you create the first Yoni Circle? So I left Snap in November of 2017 with this vague idea that I wanted to create a new type of social media platform that brought women together through story. And I was sketching out and trying to build a lot, not what look it looks like today. And so I think it was February of 2018 yeah, February 2018 that I just, I, I threw an event. That was the very, oh, actually, no, the very first Yoni Circle I ever did was my birthday party in 2017. This is like before I had any vague idea. And I just, I had an empty room in my apartment that was, I was planning to have a roommate be in and completely wooden. And we just sat on this floor and we told stories around what we were manifesting. And I did three circles at night before this like big party. And all the women were like, Chloe, you got to keep doing this. Like that was amazing. And so so then I just like kept having, they started as parties and then me being a bit of a perfectionist and kind of always thinking about how to scale things. Um, I started to turn the events into like an actual product that I could then teach others to do as well. And then that's, that's where Yoni Circle began. And then, and then we took all the learnings from our in-person. So just bit of background since October of 2018, when I was actually really looking at the in-person as a product, we've had over 400 women come through and, and yeah, of over 34% I've come back of that percentage. The return rate is five. Uh, we obviously had to stop with COVID-19, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was really beautiful and all every single circle really affected how we built the app and every time we were learning. Yeah. And did you intend in the beginning when they were all in person, did you already have a vision that this is going to be an app one day that people could do virtually or did that come about later on? So it came back, like I left Snapchat to build tech. I honestly lost my confidence because I, what I was building in the beginning or trying to build wasn't right. For so Yoni Circle. Like, 
Yeah. So it's like it had the name Yoni Circle, but it's like all of a sudden I was building these like product ideas and the in-person was just like taking off. So I was like, all right, let me just do this in person. And the more I let go of all of the different product ideas I had and just stayed focus that was <laughs> stayed focused focus on like the actual like circle it was just it kind of the product just like hit me I was in in the bathtub one day and I got out of the bath designed the whole product and then that was in January of 2019 and then over that course of the years when we really built everything and I got funding and everything and what's yoni mean what's that name yoni circle what's it stand for where did it come from It's a Sanskrit word and it means source of all life, sacred space and female genitalia. So it's a very whole word that we've come to love deeply. (laughs) I love it. And I want to get into your background at Snapchat and how that journey led you into the tech world. But first, the thing that I wanted to share from a personal level is I've gone to a bunch of Yoni circles in person and I really didn't think recreating the connection that we experience in person was possible via an app. And I was telling you offline before we started recording that luckily I have already been a part of, you just launched the app recently. So I've been a part of the beta and tried out a Yoni circle virtually via the app. And it was the most extraordinary experience. First of all, the UI is off the chain. I feel like you had to work at Snapchat to even be able to think on that level. I've never seen an app designed in that way. It is the coolest. Like, even just for the experience of seeing how this app is designed, it's unbelievable. I'm Like, it's crazy. And then now I feel like this app isn't really an app. It's this, like, quick click to a really innovative, unique life experience that just exists in my phone whenever I need it to feel calm, grounded, or forward moving. And it's just not a an app. It's a, it's, it's tapping into an experience. It's crazy. It's crazy that you were able to pull it off in a virtual way. I'm really just proud of you and dumbfounded. Yeah. Thank you. How did you, I mean, I know it's a podcast and so everybody's listening obviously uh, via audio, but how can you walk us through the UI and how you came up with it? It's, it's really wild. Like, and was it hard to code? Um, well, I won't be the one to ask about the coding. Um, I think it was frustrating to code, but Akiva Bamberger, who's our technical advisor, did an amazing job. Um, and we, we met each other when we were at Snapchat together. But I mean, the, I think the most important part of the UI is the circle experience. And again, I wouldn't have been able to create that with, without spending so much time in, in circle person. in yeah. person. So I probably before I like designed it, I had done a hundred circles. And so I think what's like kind of most important about the UI is to your point is like we wanted to make sure or I wanted to make sure that it felt it felt like in person and it felt like you were entering a new world. So we have all good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we have we have all these worlds. We have, you know, basically every app we go into is a new world. And for me, I feel that all the worlds are very similar. They're very boxy. They're very minimalist. And you know, to be honest, there aren't a ton of worlds on our apps that are really designed by a woman. Um, And again, this will eventually be for all, but what does it look like being designed by a woman? And um, so that was like really important of how we surprise and delight something very much that Snapchat was always about is like, how do you 
just give that joy. And then when we moved into the circle and creating the UI, I mean, it was really important to me that we were in circle. So you're actually in a video circle during the time and it's taking in everything that we had in person. So there's a like the rules are, you know, you have a talking piece. The talking piece is getting passed around the circle. So like, and then I also have this amazing, amazing illustrator out of Buenos Aires that I randomly met through Upwork and now is a close friend. And her, all of the app is fully illustrated by her. And I feel like she just like speaks she my mind. nailed <laughs> it. She kills it. Phenomenal. Like, I'm telling, I'm telling you, go, where, where do they go to install the app? Because they need to see what I'm talking about. Like, where can you install the app? It's iOS only, but you can type in Yoni Circle and you can download it right in the app store. And YoniCircle.com to go to the website if you are on Android. But you can't access the virtual experience, as far as I know, from the website, right? Nope, you can't. And we're not on Android yet, but we yeah. hope to be soon. It's absolutely amazing. It's crazy what you've done. A cool interactive part in it. This is one of the things that I've got a lot of value in when I was doing them in person is I felt it was an opportunity for me to become a better active listener. I think that in today's day and age, we don't listen anymore, like really actively listen to someone else. I know I sometimes have a hard time. I know when I'm doing the podcast, it's part of my job to actively listen. But in general, it's like we're constantly waiting for what we're going to say next. And the gift in Yoni Circle is I feel like it also helps you become a better communicator. And so this is all to say that you have this thing called snapping in in the Yoni mm-hmm. Circle culture. Can you talk about snapping? And I don't think that that was inspired by the name Snap and Snapchat, or was it like an <laughs> no. ode to your history? No. <laughs> um, so, well, I'll just like speak to what you just said about like fully listening, which is so important to the Yoni experience, the life experience, um, and the way and kind of scooting it back to the UI is that when someone has a talking piece and you're you're the person who's telling your story or speaking, you are full screen for everyone else. And so that really is forcing everyone to just listen to you because they can't see anyone else. They're just in it. And then when you're speaking, you don't see yourself. And that's also really important because you don't see yourself when you're in person talking to people. You know, it's just this tech world that we do see ourselves. So it's so important to just be able to let go and and really speak from your heart. And that's what Yoni Circle is all about is listening and speaking from the heart. And then snaps is... And snaps, you guys, with your hands. Yeah, snaps just snaps with your hands. We also have a snap icon because one of the rules of Yoni Circle is that, you know, you can't speak. So if you're into what someone's saying, you can do snaps or there's a snap icon and then snaps will flow across the screen. Um, And then... I mean, snaps, I mean, they're everywhere. So, I mean, I was in a sorority. <laughs> I used snaps oh, during my so- sorority oh, time. is that what it is? I wasn't in- so in a sorority, you snap? Like, where yeah, did you? Yeah, I mean, it's there also, some of the inspiration came from another type of circle work called council. Snaps are used there. Honestly, like snaps have just, I've just kind of picked up over time from different parts of my life. And then all of a sudden, when I started doing a lot of Yoni in-persons, now, whenever you're talking to me, if I'm into what you're sa- what you're saying and I don't want to interrupt you, I'll just snap. <laughs> I love it. And snaps didn't become... I, I've seen snaps mildly like through life in a movie or something, but 
they didn't become meaningful to me until Yoni Circle. And I think they are so important. And I love the UI that you took this thing that I've experienced in person and made it such an experience. I'm you guys have to install the app. Like the UI experience is is wild. It's just really it blows my mind. I hope everyone likes it as much as us. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm worried. <laughs> no, I'm sure that they will. Walk us through your history in tech. You discovered tech straight out of college or the tech professional world. Let's go back to you're in college and what's going on. Yeah. So I'm in college and Snapchat is, is taking over my campus my background is in creative writing and film. That's why I kind of flowed into this world of Yoni Circle because storytelling has been an important part of my life for a really long time. Um, and so anyways, I was a biweekly columnist for my daily newspaper in college. And I really wrote about whatever was on my mind each week. And one week I decided to write a column about Snapchat. And I basically talked about how it was the next big thing. And I broke it down a little bit more philosophically. I don't know how philosophical, but a little bit more about, about why I thought my classmates were becoming addicted to it and what it meant for society and just how it was pushing technology forward while bringing it back and making technological communications more like real life. Because at the time, it was just photos being sent back and forth that disappeared. Right. And it was more left as a memory. And I think that, I mean, I am so happy I had so much time at SAP and I love SAP very dearly because for me, especially at that time, like it was, you know, how do we make technology more human, which I feel like I'm also working on at Yoni Circle. But anyways, so I wrote this article and the four and at the time, all the press was sexting. This is a bad app. Get your kids off of it. I obviously didn't talk about that at all. And so it was a team of four or five at the time. And they sent me a snap. A team a of four or five at Snapchat. Yeah. Can you imagine everyone like just four or five people at Snapchat? Okay. It was. Yeah. And I mean, I was just a surprise. I was at a dinner um, and I got this snap from a, a, it was a David and I opened it up and it's four of them and they're posing. And then the caption was just, thank you, Chloe, you get us like dash team Snapchat. And I was like, oh my God, Snapchat people just <laughs> snapped me. Um, that's wild. I know I'm going to LA, so I'm snapping back and forth with them. And where were you um, at this point? Where were you living? So I'm in Connecticut. I'm, I'm still at Yale. It's my senior okay. year of college. Very much don't know what I want to do for work in a lot of East Coast schools and especially Yale, like the thing, especially at that time, the thing you did was going into investment banking or consulting or right. these things that were not in alignment with me. I had done um, the year before I was in LA for the summer and I, I interned at a production studio, which I also didn't love. I was like, oh, this isn't really creative either. And anyway, so I'm stopping back and forth. I happen to be in LA for New Year's Eve. So then I meet the five of them and... Oh, now they're five. They went from four to five. <laughs> yeah, I think they were actually six. I think one guy didn't really care to meet me is what I, <laughs> I heard later. Um, 
And yeah, I ended up spending all day with them from going to lunch to they had just gotten the space on the boardwalk, the bungalow in Venice, in Venice. Yeah. yeah. And and also like living in Venice is like my dream. So I'm like, I'm in this bungalow and I was like, this is so cool. And then I go um, one of their friends who ended up also working for Snap. She was doing one of their early kind of like promo videos. So I went to that. I just like spent all day with them. And then Evan dropped the guys off at, they were all living at Evan's dad's house at the time. Evan, the founder of Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. And he drove me home and he was like, I don't know what you're going to do, but want to come work here. And I just was like, sure, let's do it. My, this is, (laughs) this is also kind of funny. My contract, my original contract was gluten-free black bear was my title. Um, and I think under like under what I was going to do, it listed everything. I remember showing my dad. I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do at this company. And it was like, it was like uh, communications, product management, product development, business development. And like, yeah, I was so I, I had quite a kind of figuring it out moment when I got there. But it was it was quite a joy. So I ended up moving to LA two weeks after I graduated college. And so I ended up being the 14th employee. That's insane. And then how long were you at Snapchat for? For four and a half years. And so by the time I left, I think there was 4,000 employees. Insane. And you built a very special product there. Can you talk about the product that you are so proud to have built? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. And you built a very special product there. Can you talk about the product that you are so proud to have built? Yeah, I helped to build. And then I ultimately ran for about a year and a half to two years, a product called the R Story product. And what the R Story product looked like, especially at that time, is we would geofence a location like you know, an event like Coachella, or we could geofence a city. So we could geofence a bunch of cities for something like New Year's Eve. And so if you were in that space that we geofence, you as a user, you would take a snap and maybe you were thinking about sending it to a friend or uh, adding it to your personal my story. You then had a new option that was our Coachella story or our New Year's Eve story, our Dubai story. And so all of those snaps would come into a computer in Venice or into us. Um, And, you know, we easily, some of these stories would garner 30,000 snaps and we would curate those snaps into a story. Um, And even from like the very first day, I kind of got handed this sort of janky product slash idea. And it was Basically, we launched it with EDC. Everyone was at EDC. I the was festival. Yeah. The festival, music festival. And I was just in the corner alone from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning looking at festival content. Mind you, at this point in my life, I had 
Never gone to a music festival. I did not know what Molly looked like. At one point during this, I like posted a girl. I thought it was a tongue piercing, but it was actually a drug on her tongue. And I, I'm like getting people texting me like, what are you doing, Chloe? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. She looked happy. I didn't know. And I, was, I, was like, I, was, I was so in a bubble. I, I, It's really actually sad to think about it now. But anyways, from the beginning, I just was very much like, we are going to tell stories. I had that background in creative writing and film and was so excited about using all of this like you know, mess of content from all right. these different people and bringing synergy to it, bringing a narrative, a storyline and, and making it multi-perspective and diverse and really showing the goal for me when I would curate was, and I, I also like before I had to like manage and build out the product, I loved curating. There was nothing like getting lost in other people's worlds. Um, but anyways, I would always... Looks like you still love getting lost in other people's worlds. I know, worlds. exactly. <laughs> I love listening to stories. It's my favorite thing. I get to do it all the time. Um, but yeah, it was just like very important that we would always tell a story that it was multi-perspective, diverse, and it really, it was almost better than being there. Because like when you're at a Coachella, you're having one narrative where all of a sudden you could get this bird's eye view and a little quick peek into everyone else's narratives from behind the stage to the back of the stage, to the porta potty line, to the people that are working on the food for you, like all of that. And so it was really fun. And did you end up having a job title or was it always kind of ambiguous? So I ended up, I was gluten-free back there. And then for a year, I was business development technically, but I'm sure legally I was still gluten-free black bear. And then, um, and then I became, <laughs> like, what does that even mean? It just means nothing. It means that how it happened is they knew that I was gluten-free. And I think that one of, during my interview, someone was like, what's your spirit animal? And I said, bear. And, and that's how gluten-free black, black bear came. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wound up when I started to create probably about like six months in to creating maybe like last four months into really creating the R3 product and starting to hire a team underneath me. So probably when I had hired about a team of six underneath me, I became the director of our story. It's just so exciting. And I love that you are able to continue telling stories. And now you tell stories through Yoni Circle and the Yoni Circle app. And the other thing that we talked about, which is so cool, is how a lot of times you've literally just followed your gut and your instinct when it didn't make sense outside. You're just like, I just know it in my gut, which is so brave. And I can, I, I commend you for doing it. How can we build the trust in ourselves to go with our gut instincts, even when like our peers or society around us may not agree with what we're doing? Honestly, I think it probably comes from pain. I, have a long way to go with trusting my gut. But I think that I do trust my gut because I just went through so much pain when I wasn't trusting my gut. But I also think that there's definitely times in my life where I didn't trust my gut. And I look back and I'm like, you were right all along, Chloe. Like you were perceiving that situation correctly. And you know, I was in my mind, I was, I was scared. I had a fear base and I was like, and I didn't, a lot of like stuff that I'm very much more aware of is like, especially in my time at Snap, I really struggled to use my voice and I would use my voice. I would always 
say the things that were on my mind, but it was almost more of a whisper, you know, like apologetically. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd be like, well, I kind of think that we should do this. Yeah. And, and it just took so many times of like not using my voice and, and honestly, sometimes being spoken to in not great ways that were really hurtful in the time. But now I can look back on them. I know who I am a little bit more. And I'm like, Chloe, I think that what you were like, that was right. And kind of like from that past, and it's really just from my past that now, even though I'm still working on it every single day, is like, trust your gut, trust your gut. You don't want to do this. You don't, you shouldn't do this. If, if you're getting like chest pains when this so-and-so is telling you that you should do it, then think about it. Like, let's like meditate on it. You don't have to react right away. And you can come up with a way that you, you say in a very logical way. Cause sometimes I get lazy and I'm just like, I don't really want to do this. And it's like, okay, just like take a moment, come up with a logical answer of why this isn't right and stick to it. I love it. I love it. Or it it is right. (laughs) I love it. What's next for you? Like, what's your team look like? Are you hiring? Um, How can more people get involved in Yoni Circle? I am hiring. Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Our team right now is pretty small and mighty. The entire app has been built out by our tech advisor, who is really looking to take on more of the true tech advisor role, having more fun getting to prototype the fun stuff. And so we're really looking for a senior tech lead right now. It's our most important hire. It's where I'm spending almost all of my time. Um, We're looking in the next month to close a a team of two engineers and, and probably bring that up to three pretty soon. And we're also looking for a product designer. Where can people apply? How do they contact you to if they're specifically interested in exploring a job? How do they get in touch? Yeah, so um, it's Chloe at YoniCircle.com. C-H-L-O-E is just really email. The other way that you can apply is actually on the app. (laughs) There's a banner at the bottom of the app where you can press and an automatic email to me will come up. But yeah, we don't, we actually don't have a job posting on our, on our website, which is, which is maybe something that we should do. But I think the other side of it is so far with our, our, the other parts of our team and the other higher it feels like, you know, everyone is really connected to the app itself, the product, the mission, and the more that, especially in this early team, we keep hiring people like that. I think the better chance we have of success long-term, the sturdier foundation that we will create, the better culture we'll create, and the ultimately the more innovative product that we'll create together. Totally. Oh my gosh. We've talked about so much there. They're just to, to like kind of on the wind down, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? This is kind of just like on my mind because I... I just I had a yoni circle before this that the prompt was around adapting, but I definitely had advice while I was at Snap that it, it kind of like adapt or die, and that's like the best adapt skill. or die. Yeah, and it's and I, I, it rings true to me so much of like it is the most important skill and trait that you can have as an individual or when you're hiring people, you want like if they're adaptable you can go so far. And if you can learn adapt easily, like you can just grow quicker. Like it allows you to be in a space that is kind of like a rocket ship because you're able to just keep 
adapting. And so I think that's something that obviously is top of mind because I just had a circle on adapting um, and adaptation. But yeah, it's one of those advice where it was said to me so long ago when so much was changing at Snap and we were constantly moving, you know, people were getting moved around on teams and offices and that adapting is a very, very important skill to, to learn from, from a young age. At so many phases in our life, because we can't control so many things that happen in so many different types of climates, life situations, world situations, business situations. It's always a choice to either look for the opportunity of abundance or become fear based and and think about lack. And I know this this podcast exists exactly for that reason to help as many people as possible see where their opportunities of abundance exist. And one of them, a question I have no idea what you're going to give the answer to, that I do my best to remember on all podcasts, but sometimes I forget. Um, Have you been on a podcast before? This is my first podcast ever. Ah, Okay. So (laughs) the reason I love to ask that is I am always surprised that it is almost all of my guests' first podcast ever. And I feel like such an honor that I get to be the launching ground of hopefully a lot of companies and shows poaching my guests to be guests on their shows too. Because like, I just think it is so cool to celebrate such incredible people and share their stories. You being on the podcast, and this isn't just exclusive to you, it's just like the the women that I get to celebrate on this show. It is a gift. It's a gift that I get to be a part of your journey for even a minute, you know? And I just, I actually thought you were going to say yes, because here you are, you've been at this major tech company, you've raised money, you have this incredible um, app that you've designed and it's no normal app. So I literally thought there's no way she hasn't been on another, it's just not possible. And you saying that is like, the reason that's so important to me is I hope that everybody listening that feels I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, that only happens for other people, she must have it all figured out, she must have been everywhere, she must have been important enough. All these like things that stories that we tell ourselves, narratives, I'll use narratives, all these narratives that we tell ourselves that create these self-limiting beliefs. I hope that you hear how many extraordinary, like extraordinary people, people like Chloe to all the way to interns starting out to billionaires, people who have legit sold their company for billions of dollars have never been on a show before. Like just reach out and create the opportunity and don't hold yourself back. My mom always says every no is one step closer to a yes. And I like to continue that with like, Just continue walking through doors and let someone else close the door for you. Don't close the door on yourself. You know, don't turn yourself down. When you get a no, think about how to innovate it into a yes or just keep following up. And maybe that no will eventually become a yes. Anyway, I'm kind of going on a rant, but it does really surprise me that you've never been on a show before. And I think that's such an empowering message for everybody listening, just how possible it is to be badass beyond badass and you're still like I don't know I'm just picturing everybody sitting with their like earbuds right now feeling like man wait Chloe too maybe I can I should reach out to a spree and see if I could be on the show you know what I mean like like just f thinking that you're not good enough I don't know like I think a lot of people ask me like what's the thing I've interviewed hundreds of women in tech all around the world all different levels in life 
and they want something like, what have you learned from interviewing all these people? And they're expecting me to give, I think, some sort of like tech insights, like, you know, and I'm like, honestly, as a culture, we feel we're not enough. Like, that's what I've learned. And it's so and so I hope that this empowers all of us to understand just how enough we are. I'm kind of going on a tangent, but like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I want to I want to add to your tangent um, (laughs) is just sort of the idea of like when you continue to get no's that maybe you're solving the problem wrong and you have to find a new way to solve it. Um, And that's that's also so important is as we hustle, we have to hustle smart. And if something I mean, this is happening to me with whoever the lead engineer is, maybe it's someone listening. I don't know. But I've just like I've been working just significantly harder on this and most things I've worked on. And a lot of these other hires have just come so easy. The app is working. People are, and I'm just like, what is this? And so I just got back and I'm changing everything that I'm doing about it. And I'm just going to go at it at a different angle. It might not work, but I think that's so important when no keeps happening, just find another door. Just you gotta, you can't just keep going at the same door. And if you reframe your perspective, it's something I keep trying to remind myself. There's really no such thing as failure if you reframe the perspective that everything is merely an experiment and it's just an experiment that gave you data and either it met your expectations or it didn't. And if it didn't meet your expectations, then you're like, that experiment didn't work. Let me try the new method, the new experiment, rather than being like, I failed at that. I know that's something I struggle with and that I do my best to, you know, as an entrepreneur, we want absolutely everything that we try to just really work out. (laughs) And most of it doesn't. And you have to find the little tiny like 0.001% that does and then scale that up really large. But to get to that 0.001%, you have to like do a lot of things before that. (laughs) Uh, Where can people connect with you further? Well, you can download the app and apply to be a member and message me on Yoni Circle because I love getting (laughs) new friends on Yoni Circle. Um, Well, actually, in order to message me, you have to have done a circle with me. We have some rules around that. But then also, yeah, just Instagram me. It's chaotic, spelled correctly. And then it's K-L-O-W-Y. So it's chaotic Chloe and Chloe is spelled chaotically. I made it up in college. I'll just do it one more time for you guys on Instagram. C-H-A-O-T-I-C-K-L-O-W-Y. And okay, so I have a selfish question. One of my hobbies is I collect tech tools. I love them. Uh, What is your favorite tool? Uh, Obviously, other than Yoni Circle, like mobile app, software, website, hardware, anything. Um, What's your favorite tech tool? I know this is like really lame, but honestly, Google Drive. um, That counts. And and also we are exploring pretty intense. It's actually something that I use at Snap. At one point, the team of curators was a team of 80. So it's obviously a lot of people. And we created Google Sites so that we had a hub for, like, I have to train. There's a lot of training within Saloniers. There was also a lot of training within curators and, and how to, you know, become a better curator, how to become a better Saloniere. So Google Sites is just, I think it's so cool to have this, like, hub of organization of Google, you know, sheets and uh, you know, whatever they're called, the sh- not sheets, documents, all of that in a very pretty space. So that's my favorite tech tool. Love it. No, that's like, it's a perfect answer. And it reminds me that uh, my mentor told me that 
Sometimes we do things in our life and we're not aware how that's going to positively impact us in the future. Some things may not even make sense. And the more I hear about your story, I hear how these things that you did in your old role at Snapchat really like you learned a foundation that you're able to level up on and utilize in different ways now. And that applies to like 100% of us, all of us, no matter if we've been a waitress. I used, I was a dishwasher at one point in my life. Like everything in our lives serves some sort of bigger purpose later on. We just don't know what purpose it will serve, Absolutely. but it does serve up somehow. I, I've been a dishwasher. I've been a graveyard waitress. I've been a yacht stewardess cleaning boats that were already clean. Um, I've been a hostess. I've been a personal assistant. I mean, all of these things, all of the, and that does it didn't even stop there. All of these things have like come into play. My degree in college was in creative writing. I think creative writing is one of the best degrees you could get for business emails, storytelling, like visions, like inspiration, all of that is creative writing, right? But it's not like I went, you know, went to business school to know that. Like, you know, it just happened. I'm like, oh, my degree really helped me in business. Weird, you know? And so it just, it reminds me of that. Chloe, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thank you You've for been having amazing. Me. Yes, of course. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there to the Women in Tech Facebook group. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys here, guys, in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Chloe Dremel, and I'm the founder and CEO of a startup called Yoni Circle. And we're an in-person community and social app that connects women more deeply to themselves and others through storytelling. We're based in Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Damn Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind and her book is insanely well written right when I picked it up I didn't want to put it down she teaches me and us how to become the asset how to be our best selves and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves but creates an abundance of opportunity for others I'm so proud to share her book with you and I hope you'll pick it up and I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned get it's about damn time at itsaboutdamntime.com. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you.
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.